And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. One round of the NFL draft in the books. And it was quite a night. Uh, a lot of picks that everybody seemed to really like and enjoy. Some awkward green room moments with Mac Jones, followed by a moment of triumph for Mac Jones. Uh, bad night for the Big 12. Max Olson, you watched it all. You, you endured. Because, I mean, by the end, I mean, it, was, it was dragging, dragging. I, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, where uh, they picked Trevor Lawrence and then doubled up on the Clemson with Travis Etienne. Uh, very exciting. Urban Meyer, uh, you could tell who's running the draft show when Travis Etienne goes at 25 to the Jags because that is not who the old regime would have picked at that spot. So it, it was pretty fun. But Max, what was your biggest takeaway? Like As you're watching that draft, what just stuck out to you as, holy cow, this is what we're going to be talking about for the next three days first of all the reunions are are wonderful um with with burrow and jamar chase teaming up again now i yeah i, I don't think that's that wonderful take, they passed well, I, on panay sewell i thought they should have taken sewell i mean they I, and and the way it worked out i mean yeah maybe there are some good tackles in the second round for him but i i still i'm i'm sure joe burrow was not upset about that um Tua teaming up with jalen waddle Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. teaming up with Smitty, um, Trevor and Travis, and then Mac teaming up with I assume like a dozen Bama players on the Patriots or, or however many they exactly. have at this point. Don you know, well, I mean, he didn't team with Dante Hightower originally. They're sure, pretty far apart, different generations pl of plenty Alabama of alumni player, but... hanging out in Boston for him. But no, that <laughs> that part was great. Um, I thought, like, man, good job, Bears. You know. Seriously, they actually, well, we don't know if they got the quarterback thing right, but we weren't destroying it the night it happened, which I think is a big, big step forward for the Bears, don't you? Yeah, you, when you see the terms of the trade and you see they gave up next year's first, I'm like, yeah, I think, I think we know what they're doing with this one. Um, but no, I mean, I, honestly, Andy, I, I thought the whole, the whole draft machine uh, trying to, uh, you know, just destroyed Justin Fields in any any way it could it was just so aggravating to watch and to to see him still not going the top 10 is uh is is honestly kind of maddening to me to so for that that outcome I mean good for him and and good for him to not you know fall even further um but what a great move by the Bears there um here, here's another one for you okay can we? Can, can I rant for a second? Can, can we rant? Rant talk away. about this opt out. The floor thing? is yours. Yes, because you heard so much. I'm, I'm just going to say it. We heard so much bullshit about that over the last year, and these guys. You, you, wait, 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 before before we go on, I want the people 
on ESPN that Max is complaining about to understand how much you must infuriate Max to make Max work blue on a podcast. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the, these dudes had to wear a scarlet letter for opting out last year. And, and, and you know, you and I get it. Like, yeah, you got to pre- protect your financial situation by not playing, you know, makes sense. Also, everybody has their own reasons for making that very, very hard decision to not play last year. But good to see Jamar Chase didn't lose any money. Panay Sewell really ultimately probably did not lose any money. Micah Parsons, you know, could he have worked his way into the top 10? Maybe, but Dallas also could have taken him at 10 and traded back and got him at 12. Um, I don't I don't know that he really hurt himself. Gregory Russo is a guy we didn't talk about at all last year, Andy, because he was phenomenal as a redshirt freshman and then opts out. Um, phenomenal? Great to see. A lot of production against a really bad Florida State offensive line. I'm not sure phenomenal is the word. For for a retro freshman that had been playing wide receiver like two years earlier, yeah, you know, that, 15, 16 true. sacks is not ceiling, bad. Um, ceiling is, is ludicrously yes, high for Gregory for sure. Rousseau. You know, Caleb Farley, his, his issue was more health stuff, not the opt-out. Rashad Bateman had a weird 2020, still goes in the first round. I was happy for those guys because they had they had to deal with that. And uh, to me, there's there's no shame in the decisions so that they made. If you and if you watch they still benefit the NFL Network, you didn't get as much correct, and that's what I watched tonight. So thankfully, uh, DJ and those guys were not um, bashing these kids over the head about that. I heard I think there was more of that from Kuiper and ESPN and stuff. I, I didn't I didn't flip to their broadcast at all, but I hopefully we can bury that stuff. It's just like you remember years ago the obsession with bowl opt outs. Like at the end of the day, it, it gets. It generates a lot of noise on TV, but it just doesn't actually matter when when it comes to talent evaluators he making decisions. He doesn't want to play in the Citrus Bowl. He doesn't love it, football. What's it mean? You know. So that that I'm I'm hopefully we can bury that deal uh, for good here. Um, but what you know, Jacksonville obviously was one of the more fascinating places to be today, um, and and no surprise at number one, but. Um, what did you think of uh, the first taste of how Urban Meyer is going to approach this? Well, it's definitely Urban Meyer running the show, which I think we, those of us who've covered Urban Meyer before knew that's what was going to happen, but they did pay great lip service the last few months to the idea that Urban Meyer and, and GM Trent Baalke would be kind of running the show together. They are not running the show together. Urban Meyer is running the show. Mm-hmm. And the, the Travis Etienne pick is, let's get Trevor Lawrence some weapons. Let's find someone who reminds me. He mentioned Urban was, was careful not to throw around per, the name Percy Harvin too casually uh, when referring to Travis Etienne. And they're not the same guy. But mm-hmm. I understood what, what Urban Meyer was getting at. He was trying to say, here's a guy who can help you in the run game and the pass game who you can – kind of line up anywhere and he can make plays for you and he can score touchdowns for you Jacksonville was not a great big play offense last year they had James Robinson who was an undrafted uh, free agent wound up being a workhorse back who gained a thousand yards but that's not it's not an elite situation and I think that's why they they went for the first round and the thing is you know they they had number 25 they also have 33 and 45 and they also have 65 all of the people who got mocked to them at 25, with the exception of Rashad Bateman, are still on the board for yeah. them to take at 33. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you look at the way the first round went, you, you could probably say, okay, there were, just based on looking at the mocks and stuff, you, you'd say, okay, there were probably about 22, 24 guys that were kind of locks to be first rounders. 
But then there's a real group of like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 players. A, a bunch of them, you know, are going to be available tomorrow. Um, and, and be, and I mean, there, there was a few that surprised me. I mean, it seemed like, um, the, the missile from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu Kormo, he, he seemed like a first round lock and is still out there. Uh, it seemed like tweener Elijah Moore was kind of position. becoming a, what's that? I said tweener can't find his position. I know. That's, I know, that was but, the issue. Um, Elijah Moore, it seemed like he was kind of becoming a consensus first round and like in terms of like the Thursday morning mocks and stuff, he's still out there. Um, there's a, there's, I mean, Tevin Jenkins, I thought would go in the first, there's a bunch of really good ones left. Um, so yeah, he, they're going to load up. Not to belabor the Jaguars point too much, but I think we will, we will really see if Urban Meyer is, is truly completely dominating the room if Elijah Moore goes to the Jaguars at 33, because that is a let's let's get Trevor Lawrence all the weapons he needs. Defense be damned. And, and look, Urban Meyer is known for having great defenses on his teams. I mean, uh, the two Florida teams that won the national title had amazing defenses. The, the mm. level of talent on his defenses at Ohio State was off the charts. So it's not that he doesn't care about that, but it, it certainly seems like he's looking at, at this situation and saying, if I can get what I think is an elite talent, I'll take it now, and then we can figure the rest out. Yeah, and at the top of the last couple of drafts, where they've they've taken Josh Allen and and CJ Henderson and uh, Caleb on, they've 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 invested in some some big pieces on there, so it makes sense to go. Now, I do want did did they make any mention tonight of is is this partially about Urban? Has he been haunted by nightmares of the 2019 CFP semifinal, and that's that's part of why this happened tonight? You know, he wasn't coaching that game. He wasn't. Let's, but let's I think he had, I think he had he was some there. investment in it. Yeah. I know he yeah. was there and and Travis Etienne was just dominant in that game. And I mean the, that the was, Trevor running away from Baron Browning and yes. uh, and then the screen pass to Travis. I mean those are you know, there are others it is a, a massive game, but those are two of the biggest game changers, you know. I guarantee you that play was in his head as they were and and they said now everybody says they got their guy. They said Etienne was the guy that, that Najee Harris went before them to the Steelers, yeah. and they love Najee Harris. I, I, I think probably what would have happened it was a six of one, half dozen the other. They were they were going to take either one of them if they were there. It's just a matter of the Steelers took Harris first, uh, and it probably works out better that that Lawrence gets the guy he knows and is comfortable with. But I, I think that's how that happened. Speaking of getting your guy, mm-hmm. find you someone who believes in you. The way Dan Campbell believes in Panay Sewell. The the reaction in the Lions' war room when the Bengals took Jamar Chase so they knew they were getting Sewell was ecstatic. I was like, oh, Dan Campbell must be so happy right now. He is playing all of his Pantera albums at full volume all night tonight. Yeah, when when, uh, Sewell didn't go to the Bengals, you you have to think a guy like Dan Campbell who – is trying to set uh, the ultimate, you know, grit culture. Is is not Eating trying to kneecaps. He's not trying to take a Devonta Smith man. He he is trying to. He he wants the Penny Sewells, and that's who he wants to run behind. And um, I thought that was, uh, yeah, they were, they were, they were feeling themselves on that one. And hey, I mean, Penny Sewell at seven. If I told you that's where he'd end up in this draft a year ago, you'd say, wow, good value. That's crazy. I I. I think it is great value I think the Bengals blew it by taking a receiver I I think they should have taken someone to protect Joe Burrow as as good as Jamar Chase is and he's great 
he doesn't help you if Joe Burrow's on his back. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and and you know, can they get a Tevin Jenkins or Dylan Reduns or one of these guys that's still out there? They have to. I mean, they're going to have to invest in, in 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 you know keeping Joe Burrow upright. So I was a little surprised by that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm curious what you thought of, you know, obviously no surprise uh, on Trevor, but now that w- the dust has settled and we know where the five quarterbacks are going, um, wh- who are you feeling pretty good about in terms of like betting on over the next five years here? I'm happy for Justin Fields because, yes, he fell to number 11, but the Bears fans have wanted a good quarterback for so long, and I think he may be able to give them that. Yeah. And if you can – he would be so beloved because they've suffered for so long at that position. And the the thing is, especially the fact that they traded up to get him because they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky and that was just a disaster. And, and and the jokes came fast and furious. And I'm sure wherever you were, it was the same thing. And the the group chats you were on was the same thing. As soon as (laughs) you saw the bears trading up, you're like, Oh, they're trading up for Kyle Trask. Like, or they're trading up for (laughs) Kellen Mond. Yeah, like, yeah, they've been so bad at evaluating quarterbacks, and so the fact that they get one that we we who love college football think is going to wind up being a pretty good player, I, I think that's great for them. The Mac Jones thing I, was was very satisfying to watch yeah. because that was some uncomfortable green room footage. That that was yeah. awkward. Yeah. I was squirming watching that. It, I, it, and, and I mean, Mac did his best to try and, you know, wink at the camera and smirk and, and kind of get through it and stuff. And I, it was it was like a relief to see when he goes out to Goodell. He says, like, this is what I wanted the whole time was to be on the Patriots. So you're happy that, uh, you know, New England has found essentially a, a, the Jacksonville version of Tom Brady. Right. I mean, I think that's uh, yeah. as a successor. Except, uh, except they took him 15 and not 199. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's it's a it's an awesome situation for him. It 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 truly is. And honestly, I I think the way you know going into the night, I would have thought he would go three. Um, but like honestly, this this worked out pretty well for Trey Lance. I mean, not not just in yes. terms of the slot and the money and well, all that. And, but and, and Garoppolo, like if you're Garoppolo, you're like great. I'm going to be the starter this year, yes. like Alex Smith was. Yes, the the a hundred percent. That's exactly what the year. comparison is because it's. Yeah. Easing him into action—that's the right path to success for him. This is this kid was a redshirt freshman a year ago. You know he just hasn't played a ton, and so a redshirt year or something close to it, like Mahomes got under Alex Smith, is you know wouldn't be the worst thing at all in terms of Trey Lance getting off on the right track, and certainly to pair him with a, a you know 
arguably the the best offensive mind in in the the game there. I mean, I I I'm I'm stoked for him. I think that's going to be that that's a guy that still I think most people still just have not seen very much of. So when when his time comes, it's going to be awesome. It feels like of those five guys, they all landed where they should. Yeah. Like they they just wound up where they should be. I think so. I I don't I I mean the Zach Wilson thing became just like so automatic after his pro day that it seemed like we just sort of stopped applying you know any scrutiny to whether that's a good fit or not and as we saw with Darnold I mean you can you can be a freaking star if you don't have anybody around you or they're trading away all of their best players then it's going to make your life tough so they they need to you know do a good job helping him out I thought getting Elijah Vera Tucker was a good step today um but yeah no you're right I think they're all in good spots and and how you know how the Mac Jones Cam Newton thing goes you know will be interesting um but uh that certainly I think a, if you can get a future guy at 15 there, like that worked out perfectly, I would imagine, in, in Belichick's head. Well, a healthier Cam gives you a starter for this year, but given yeah. Cam's injury history recently, you need to be ready to play Mac Jones, and, and Mac Jones, other than Trevor Lawrence, might be the most ready to just jump in and play. So I think yeah. that, that probably works out well for him. But the the strut of Mac Jones down that <laughs> hallway after all those – Awkward green room shots. Uh, it is, it's it's the Vince McMahon gif over and over again as he as he comes out of the tunnel. Or yeah. my, the other thing I kept thinking of, if you put it in slow motion, it's essentially the shot in waiting to exhale after she torches the the guy's car and just walks <laughs> away. Like it's it, that's what that was. That was I I did my time tonight, yep. but I won ultimately. So well, and it's like to the haters. We all remember bye. the the absolute torture of Aaron Rodgers. But that brought it was still like such a long event tonight that even at fifteen, it probably felt like how Aaron Rodgers felt. You know? Oh yeah. Well, the Aaron, we, we were talking about that in the in the media room in Jacksonville. How long that was because that was back in the days when the draft started on Saturday and they had the, the first half of the draft on Saturday True. and moved it on Sunday. So, and, and it was 15 minutes between first round picks. So Aaron Rodgers was sitting in that green room for like six hours. No, it's it an was all-timer. awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. I, I thought, um, you know, you know, there is part, part of the fun of, of, of this is we get to watch this stuff and we have all of our takes and the, these new fan bases, just like get pissed off about picks because they've never heard of these guys. So I do want to give you a chance, Andy. Do you want to tell Giants fans that Tony wasn't that bad of a reach or was a reach? Or, or can you help them give them I, some I think context? He, I think he was a reach. I, I think, think he, he could was. be really good if they are willing to find ways to get him the ball mm-hmm. and they're willing to be patient with him. That's that That was Tony's problem is – finding ways to get open within the flow of the offense, which he he eventually got to as a senior. But given his incredible talent with the ball in his hands, and, you know, it's one of those deals where they show the highlight package after he gets drafted, and you're like, wait, how did this guy not go number one? Like, he's insane with the ball. But the thing is, that highlight package is most of it. That's most of everything. Yes. So he's got to – he's just got to – figure out a way to be a part of the offense all the time and not just be yeah have and, to be and, force fed touches 
and and that's you know that's where having a little bit more of a college coaching staff you hope that maybe that factors in but like you think about you know like when Tavon goes to the Rams like we just never got to see Tavon be Tavon in the NFL Tyreek goes to the Chiefs they know what to do with him they they know how to turn yeah. them you know utilize all the different things you can do so you hope it's it's more of the uh, the latter there for uh, Tony but I thought with Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman still out there. It was it was surprising, and then great for Lamar Jackson to get Rashad Bateman and have That's sort of a true not go-to fair. Receiver. It, it really isn't fair how well the no. Ravens draft. Now, no. it, it was interesting them taking Jason Owe because mm-hmm. he's one of those that you know you see the potential, and you saw like I, I go back to that Indiana game. He's in Penix's face every play. He yeah. just never gets home, and. I do feel like there were defenses concentrated more on him this past year than the than the guys on the other side than uh, than Shaka Tony, um, and then No Micah Parsons also probably made that a lot more difficult. So it, it's possible that Owa is just this physical freak that offenses were completely focused on stopping. That mm-hmm. in the NFL you're not going to be able to do that because. Oh, by the way, the Ravens have all these other amazing defensive players that you've got to deal with. Well, and it's also kind of a reminder that at the end of the day that, you know, they're looking for like elite traits and stuff. And the, and a lot of these teams, as you saw, like the back half of the first round, like they're shopping off Bruce's freaks list basically with Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips and, and Jason Owe. Go, you know, Jason Owe is just another one of those guys that, um, I mean, what do you run a 4-3 in his pro day or something like that? Like these Penn State guys test Max, like crazy. Everyone ran a 4-3. They sure did. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty something, sure they were all running really weird happened in dashes. 21. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, who can explain it? Of course. Um, yeah, he, but yeah, he ran a 4-3-9. <laughs> but I thought, I thought, uh, you know, that's it's it's the Ravens. Like they're they're going to add pieces like that even when they don't need them and turn them into uh, Pro Bowl players. And I, I mentioned it before, but I also thought. Um, Russo is going to be an interesting one too because he gets to go learn from Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver and play on that front on a team that's already a playoff team. Like that's the rich getting richer too, I would think. Russo's all ceiling. I mean, yeah. The, now the question is, will he ever reach it? We we don't know that. It's just he he's really raw. You know, some of the highlights they were showing was him in high school catching passes. Which, yeah. by the way, <laughs> I mean, let, let's let's create a package and, and help Josh Allen out in the red zone there. No question. No question. I thought the other, the, it seemed like the other one that people uh, just were kind of laughing at today, um, which you could also sort of lend some in- interesting insight to, I think, was probably Leatherwood going way higher than people expected to the Raiders. So it's the Clue and Furl pick all over again. It is. It's exactly yeah. what it is. So it, it is. I mean, it's not I don't four, it's which is good, but it's yeah. still very, very high. Yeah. I don't know if it's Mayock or it's Gruden. Or I just I don't know who it is doing this, but they take basically the most solid human being they can find mm-hmm. who plays the position they need and played it pretty well in college. They, they not, want college football playoff players is what they want there. Yes, yeah. but not necessarily elite traits or elite ceiling. These are guys who were really good in college who are going to be people you never have to worry about getting a call yeah about at three in the morning ever like they are going to be solid citizens and but but the thing is you can't win in the NFL doing that you you need those guys but you don't need to take them that high you could have probably gotten Alex Leatherwood in the second round 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw, I think Tevin Jenkins got mocked to them a lot and he's still out there, you know? Um, and, but they, they came out and said today that uh, Leatherwood's going to start it at right tackle day one for them. I, you know, Brugler had him 34th on his board, but Daniel Jeremiah had him 62nd. So definitely one of the more divisive guys I thought in, in this first round, uh, he is going to start. They have he's a gonna start day one for them yep. at right tackle. And I bet that Alex Leatherwood can be a right tackle in the NFL yeah. for 10 years. Will he ever become an elite left tackle in the NFL? I don't know. But that, and that, that's the thing. That pick at, I think, 46 or 48, whatever their second round pick was, yeah. you take that there, that is a great value. Correct. You take it, at, you take it where they took it, it's not. Right. And, and who... Maybe he would have been there at round two. I guess we'll see. But um, what what else uh, what else jumped out to you on this this first round? I, you want you want to talk the, about the, the Big Twelve? We got to talk about the Big Twelve. That's the, that is the elephant in the room. Zero first rounders for the Big Twelve, and and I've written about this for for years. I mean, about not just the lack of Big Twelve players getting picked, but where they get picked relative to the other leagues. It is such it, that is so bad for your recruiting to have zero first round. I mean, think about when, when Alabama has six first round players and your entire league has zero, Mm -hmm. zero as, as Dean Wormer would say, zero point (laughs) zero. Well, but it just, it just keeps repeating the cycle there because why, why wouldn't kids in the state of Texas look at Alabama and say, well, here's what I want to get to. I mean, uh, it's going to be tough to earn a spot there, but they're going to put me in the league, you know? So why why wouldn't those kids from that region continue to look at the Alabamas how, how and Georgias Texans? and LSUs and whatever and say, maybe I should go there? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. How many Texans went in this first round? Rashawn Slater, Peyton mm-hmm. Turner, is that it? Mm. Uh, uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. okay. So that's three. I think three. that might be it. I think that might be it. So that could have yeah. been three Big 12 players. Sure. Sure. Oh, and, and Slater's the classic example of, um, you know, Northwestern found a three-star kid out of Houston uh, whose dad is a six-foot-seven former NBA player. So, yeah, kind of a little bit projectable in terms of 
turning into a tackle, but um, no excuses on missing that one. You know, I thought Trayvon, you know, Trayvon Merrick's the best safety in this draft, so I kind of thought he would have gone in the first. Uh, I've said it before, but I thought I, I was surprised Evan Jenkins wasn't wasn't picked in the first. Um, but Andy, I think the real discussion is: Do they need to add Houston or Tulsa or BYU uh, to, to finally start having draft picks? You know, I, I I guess I mean that that seems to be the only way to do it. By the way, uh, Peyton Turner, two star, two star defensive end yeah. out of Houston, also. Yep. So yep. Uh, yeah, and obviously that's that's a case where. Houston did a really good job developing him. He 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 grew quite a bit. You know, he was 217 pounds coming out of high school. That's that's them projecting. That's you know, you know there you will know, be some. You know who's 6'5", 217 out of high school? Gregory Rousseau. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there will be some tomorrow. Creed, I'm sure Creed Humphrey and Ronnie Perkins will go tomorrow. Um, Sam Cosby and Joseph Osai were two guys that um, sort of were were mocked as first round guys at the start of the season, and then it ended up being second round kind of guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean the 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 damage is the damage is done. You know, I mean it, it it's right. You're right. It, that ultimately, that stuff gets used against you in recruiting. Although I guess you could argue that if Oklahoma doesn't have a first rounder this year, um, and and you know Creed Humphrey, Ronnie Perkins, I, 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 teams, with Oklahoma, I, I, maybe Oklahoma's just going to be pretty I, yeah, damn good yeah, in 21. I, I separate Oklahoma from the rest of the league because Oklahoma has right. been carrying the league in terms of they've done their graphics. part absolutely, and and so. Yeah. I will look at I will look at 2021 Oklahoma very much how I looked at 2019 LSU and how I'm going to look at 2021 LSU. When yep. you don't see a bunch of their players getting drafted, you're about to get your ass kicked by them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but oh, you could have the number 1 pick next year. Wouldn't wouldn't really surprise right. me. Right. Spencer yeah. Rattler could be the first player off the board. So, yeah. That, yeah. that's that's the part and but I I think and I wrote this when Sarkeesian got the job at Texas. His mandate is create draft picks mm-hmm. because that is their problem. They have yep. not they they get what are considered good recruits. They don't develop them into anything, or at least they have not lately. Correct. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it's kind of it's like you're, you're kind of doing both things wrong, where you are winning these battles for. Um, the guys that that Ari's obsessed with the 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 blue chip four star five star guys, and then not you know churning them into draft picks at the expected rate. But then you're also you know every year in the state of Texas, there's going to be I don't know sixteen Rashawn Slaters in a draft who Texas would never bat an eye at and would never even really hear about in, 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 until they maybe they got desperate at the end of the class. There's going to be these three star guys, and there were a bunch of them in last year's class. The Texas just you know won't give the time of day who end up becoming who end up performing like four star five star kind of guys too. So you have to you can't be kind of like poor at both of those things. Yeah, and I'm excited to see with Oklahoma kind of it, and it may not be next year's draft. It may be the following years, but exactly how much they've upgraded talent on defense and how better they're developing yeah. on defense because I have a feeling that's going to change for them that they are going to start putting and they've had like Neville Gallimore and Ronnie Perkins. Kenneth they, Murray, had you know, was a first rounder yeah, last Kenneth year, Murray. but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and we've talked a bunch about how that starts on the D line, but yeah, they're going to have some, some premium defensive players and, and that's the way they're recruiting now under Grinch too. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Um, I'm sure Perry and Winfrey is a guy that probably will get talked about for the draft a lot next year. So um, yeah, it's, it's, that's starting to add up, but 
yeah, OU, OU's fine. Like you said, they've they've done their part when it comes to providing uh, NFL talent. That no one is like question. You know, there's can, no like perception I, problem I, with OU guys. Can I ask you a 2022 Big Twelve draft question? Okay. Is Brock Purdy getting drafted or getting drafted anywhere near where he should commensurate to his results? I don't think he'll go undrafted. Um, right. But but I, would it be would he be But is a, he a first a rounder kind of guy? First or second or th- second round kind of guy cuz he he's very successful college quarterback has all the intangibles. Uh you know, you talk to Matt Campbell, he just loves the guy. And yeah. and <laughs> Here's the other question that I have. Is this, the, the Brock Purdy draft thing fascinates me because mm-hmm. he could conceivably be a five-year starter at Iowa State if he wants to. If he wants to, yeah. He, he is, uh, with all due respect to the great Seneca Wallace, he's already the best quarterback in school history at this point. He just already is. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't, he doesn't need to stay a couple extra years just to prove anything. But, no, I think, I think Brock Purdy is – you know the quarterback class for next year overall. I think there's there's a bunch of names, but a lot of guys that still have to prove stuff. And um, yeah, it's, I think it, could, it's going to be weird. It is, and I, like I, I really like Keaton Slovis. I really like Sam Howell. Like there's you know there's a bunch of guys you could throw in there that you'd say Carson Strong's yeah. going to be the name that that a sure. lot of people throw out there for Nevada because he I mean he he looks the part for sure and he's got a really strong arm and uh, but. I don't know. It's like who... past midnight, so there's probably like some obvious ones I'm not mentioning here off the top of my head. But JT um, Daniels, if he has a big year, oh JT Daniels, would be yeah, one of those. sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think Purdy, Purdy, I think will have a chance to play his way into being a, a day two kind of guy at, at at least. I would say. I mean, it'll be interesting to see this weekend where where Sam Ellinger ends up um, because you know I, I don't I'm, it's not a it's not an apples to apples comparison there, uh, but. You know, in terms of like the leadership and just the like the coaches telling you you have to have this kind of guy, like I, I there's some similarities there, but I think Purdy can if he if he's really consistent um, and just has you know he's got a good O line and a lot of pieces around him, like yeah, I could see Brock Purdy playing his way into uh, moving up people's boards quite a bit in, in the next year. So who's left out there after round one that you're looking at and going? Somebody's going to be so happy that this person fell to them. I mean, for, first one, Andy, you, you know, everyone's favorite if you've watched any college football. Rondale's still out there. Can't wait to see where he goes. Um, I, I, I was going to – Urban Meyer talked about, you know, the idea of chasing players versus picking for value. And my, my thing was if – I will know if Urban Meyer is chasing players if he takes Rondale Moore at 25. <laughs> because Rondell Moore is is sort of the ideal of what Urban used to recruit at Florida, like the Jeff Demps, or the Chris Rainey, like he's he's the, and, the you elite know version and, and, of again, that. Again, the Urban Meyer uh, drafting your nightmares thing. I mean, there's there's some pretty good tape there of what he once yeah. did to Ohio State. Um, so mine mine is Christian Barmore from Alabama, who yeah. who may go yeah. to the Jags at 33. They do need a defensive tackle, but if you watch the playoffs this year. Well, the college football playoff, Christian Barmore was very good in, but I'm talking about the NFL playoffs. A healthy Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue made all the difference for the Bucks defense. The interior pass rush they got made that defense possible, made it possible to be that dominant defensively through the playoffs. And that's something that 
a lot of teams are missing. A lot of teams do not have that guy who can who can line up over a guard or line up over the center and just push and penetrate. And that is what Christian Barmore does really well. Yeah, I think there's also like there was a real run on pass rushers at the end of that first round, but I thought Aziz Ojalari is another guy when you talk about just upside and 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 like not scratching you know the surface of the full potential there. Like I think he's going to make someone look really smart. And you know the the one that kind of there was some first round talk and stuff. I think Javante Williams is going to be just a beast for oh, whoever yeah. gets him. Kenneth Gainwell too. Yeah, yeah. There's and that and that you know that's. That's kind of why you see like the ETN one. You can see why people get a little bit. They're like, well, you've already got James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, and and you know, there's 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 lots of skill dudes in this draft. They're just as there are every year. Um, not that I hate that ETN's in, in Jacksonville, although I I have James Robinson in my dynasty league, so I don't really love that development overall. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, James Robinson is not getting 240 carries this year. I don't think you may have to uh, adjust your expectations yeah. down. I, I think so. By the way, f- fantasy guys like Najee in Pittsburgh. How about that one? Oh, it's the the, the <laughs> receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns is it's it's going to be beautiful. Tomlin is going to love that kid. Oh, it, it's 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 going to be a very very cherished relationship between the city of Pittsburgh and I. And they're going to love Najee Harris. His they personality are. is infectious. So it's it's going to be great, Max. You've stayed up way too late to help us out with this thing. Thank you so much. Can't wait to to you and I are going to be texting about draft picks all weekend. I know this. You're going to be at a wedding, and you're Can't still wait. going to be texting me about guys getting picked in the fifth round. So yes, no question. I love it. <laughs> yes, I I will be. Uh, you'll probably be getting some some drunken texts from me at a wedding reception about some pick and that that is inconsequential to most people, but not to you and me. BYU tight end Matt Bushman, the steal of the seventh round. (laughs) Max, can't wait. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Me and Ari will be back with you on Monday to break it all down. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.